Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Theater and College Hoops. I'm Subi. Alongside me is Taylor Dammel and The Shark. We're brought to you by the Barn Burner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use. Your College Hooper of the Week is Amadeo Della Valle. That is a name blast. A lot of times what I'll do is try and find creative ways to identify some of these obscure players. So what I did earlier today was just Google the 2012 Final Four finalists. And Ohio State was one of them. And he was on that roster, Amadeo Della Valle. And I have to say, I might have outdone myself on this one because in the moment, people knew who he was. It's not like he was some supernova and star, but he just completely faded. So, I mean, there is some sort of, I mean, maybe he is a supernova. Isn't that what supernovas do? They just, they go crazy and then they just completely fade. I don't know. Not an astrologist, not a space guy, but Amadeo Della Valle, the former Italian sharpshooter for the Ohio State Buckeyes is your college hooper of the week. A lot of Ryan Kelly in Amadeo Della Valle, strictly in facial features. Didn't really have a game at all like Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly was a much better collegiate player, but go Google him. You'll see the face. You'll see the nose. Check out the website at thebarnburner.com. That's the-barnburner.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet is. And make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains. difference a week makes fellas i feel so much better i'm clean shaven i'm finally back at home base i'm not sick covid within the home is gone uh and i i just feel a lot more energetic i think you could hear it in my voice last week that i was just miserable that was actually the title of the show but like i said feeling much much better much more enthused even though I'm looking at this USC-Stanford game, which is going on right now, USC probably about to suffer their first loss on the season, which will leave Baylor as the lone undefeated. The only sad part about this visual is that there's no one in the stands at Maples, only friends and family. But regardless, I feel a lot better. Taylor, what's the COVID situation over at your home? I know you said uh, the significant other was had tested positive last week. 
Yes, uh, we're, we're in full recovery over here. Um, I've tested negative, like, I don't even know how many times now. So immune system, immune system based on Coors Light and whiskey has powered through COVID. Uh, so I was even so interested in why I wasn't getting it that I got an antibody test. And I, I guess I still haven't had it. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess I'm just natural immunity. Um, I guess, no offense. I don't, uh, I don't want to jump in, but no offense. You, you sound like butt cheeks over there to steal Dude. a line from my guy Mason. But that, that's, that doesn't sound good. Dude, I well, I've been outside working for the last three days doing manual labor, so maybe that has something to do it with it. Reworking like a gulag or something. I'm pouring concrete in my house, man. Ranch, you know, your, this is ranch sweat. hand in Yellowstone or something. Kind, yeah, kind of bunkhouse. Sweat equity bunkhouse over here. Jeez, man. Hanging tongue and groove ceiling on my patio, pouring concrete and shit, like just making making the place come together. Soup soup was just over a couple of weeks ago, pre-COVID. Yeah. Taylor Taylor does have a history of manual labor. He'd worked in Denali Park in Alaska, which I, I mean, I don't know if I could locate that on the map. I do wish a little bit of me was I mean, I, I don't I'll never be as handy as Taylor is right there. I'm not completely useless around the house. I did build my father-in-law a grill a couple of years ago for, for Christmas, but that's about the extent. Like I need very clear cut directions and I'm somewhere, I'm probably on the lower end of being like, I'm, I'm closer towards being useless than I am. What Taylor just described. Going to need to fact check that grill manufacturing that you claim to have done because I'm immediately calling out bullshit on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, good for you, Taylor. Ask uh, Doyle, ask Doyle, your boy. We did it together. Tag teamed it. That is my point. So it wasn't even you. You just took ownership of something that someone else did. Were you were you leading the charge in the manufacturing, or were you kind of just taking delegated assignments? No, 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 no. I I, I would say I did. It was 70-30 If we're rounding up, I think that answers our question right there. Friend of a uh, friend of the program, Chris Jason, uh, messaged me a, a couple weeks ago, and he's like, "Have you always been this handy?" I'm like, "Dude, we had two life size fully." Uh, you know, like detailed McHale Center basketball court beer pong call or beer pong tables in college. Like, who do you think built these things? You know, they didn't just appear out of thin air all of a sudden in our apartment. Like, come on, man, it's been long time running. Wish I still had those things, even way past those days. I, I could have repurposed them for something now. Well, it translated into a very more, a lot more of a constructive. Uh, a task which you're working on your house shark how are you doing today are you feeling a lot more enthused are you feeling better i know last week you were you were on the ledge there i'm glad we pulled you back well i'll tell you what I, as i speak into this microphone i'm realizing that the puffy thing that goes over the microphone it's not on so i don't know if this audio sounds any different i'll have to listen back when we get out there uh, i've always liked the puffy thing it made me feel like chuck pagano calling in a fourth down play or something getting it up real close to my mouth uh or rick Pisaccia as well rick Pisaccia, so much Chuck Pagano and Rick Passaccia. Well, first uh, of all, all, are you are, are you taking liberty with his name by calling him Rick? Because it's rich. That you're reading right to my next point. I swear to God, I was telling my dad this as we were watching the game. I swear to God, NBC would change between Rick and Rich every single time they put his name up on the screen because it would. I I, I called him Rich one second, then it's Rick. I couldn't keep it straight. What is he? But it's, it's uh, what rich. I. All right. Well, they shifted it. I know it happened. I would, I'll would. i go back and watch if I have to, but I know that they did that to me. Um, I mean, that was great, but I don't think we should spend a lot of time on it other than the fact that no one, and I mean no one, has ever had a more perfect goatee for the head coaching job that he has. He has the perfect black and silver to go in his goatee as well. He, he's the perfect Raiders coach. you got to give him the job. Yeah. Well, it's a perfect name as well to vacillate between because then you could always just cover your tracks and say, well, no, no I was – being very casual and calling him by the nickname, which I mean, you can, you people that go by Richard or Rick or Rich can also go by Rick. So yeah, I'm glad, but you seem in high, in much higher spirits than last week. We powered through last week and now here we are with a full college basketball slate on, on Saturday. Uh, we had some wonderful games. You actually had to send a tweet out specifying and clarifying exactly what buttermilk Man, and by the way, today's National Milk Day. Another listener of the program, follower, Ghost Mike Toscano. Every single time UConn wins, he has a glass of milk for himself. So I hope he's enjoying National Milk Day today. Shark, this is this term is something that was born maybe what now 12, 13 years ago. And when we say something is buttermilk, it's just pure. It's great. It's lovely. 
Yeah, you're right. I did send that tweet out Saturday morning. I, you know, I want, I was having a productive Saturday morning. I had to get a few things settled. I'm moving. Um, you know, it's dry January, so I, I'm active. You know, I get my I get my CrossFit class in. And I'm, you know, I'm doing errands left and right. And I look up and you see the TV. It's like, brother, you got Seton Hall, UConn in a barn burner here. And then you got Texas Tech, Kansas coming on later then Tennessee, LSU. And then you look over here, you got Colorado State getting a test on the road against San Diego State. It was a great slate. It snuck up on me out of nowhere. So I, I sent out the tweet that it was a buttermilk slate. And you're right, Sue. Buttermilk was coined by us. Uh, you specifically, I'll give you that credit. We were playing pickup basketball and in celebrating a shot that was pure, as you said, rather than yell pure or wet or you yell buttermilk pancakes, which I think what you were doing was you were trying to say butter and then you, you filled in the rest of that sentence with something that could come after butter. And then you went one more leap into a, a product created from buttermilk. So that's where it was. And that really took off during the Celtics run in 08. Um, so there's a little history lesson for you right there. Moving with, forward, with, when yeah. you hear that term, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's, it means good. I did have to clarify that because it was a weird tweet. If you were kind of just plopped into my my feed, you probably were wondering what the hell's up with this guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a good slate, and it, it made me feel like college basketball is kind of rising to the top a little bit right now. They're making a move to take a horse racing term, you know, like they're, they're settling in on the turn here and, you know, they got an inside post on the rail and you got football's horse one through five at this point, but, you know, don't sleep on college basketball being ridden by Johnny Velasquez on the inside rail. I mean, they, they're going to take it soon. That was pretty good. Very smooth. I'm also using a horse racing term. I've just become obsessed with finishing kick. Is that a horse racing term? I'm not a horse racing guy. I feel like that's a swimming term. Is that a swimming term? I All think right. it was My a bad. swimming term. My bad. Uh, well, I'm a huge finishing kick. I mean, it would work, it would time. make sense though. I'll give you that. It, it would, would make wouldn't sense. it? Maybe I, I don't know the legs. I, it, it, horse racing's not my bag, baby. But uh, yes, college basketball and a lot of people. I think even last episode, I might have made a mistake in saying that people only start caring about college basketball and March Madness. And we know that's not necessarily true. That was a mistake on my behalf. Last year at the, at the turn of 2021, I said. 2021 was the year of accountability that carries over into this year. It's not just a one-year resolution. Okay. This is something that we need to get better about moving forward. So I take accountability for that incorrect statement. Taylor college football is over. Georgia won the national title hug for them. Is it now officially college basketball season for maybe the, the somewhere in between the casuals and what we are. Yeah. I mean, uh, there are people who just very much prefer college sports in general over professional sports. So you will grab some of those people even more. So now um, we kind of brought this up last week though. Whereas uh, when, when it comes to the casual fan, yeah, they're, they're still very NFL centric right now, especially, and I'm not sure if we mentioned this last week, but especially with there being a Monday night playoff game, this next week too. So that's one more night essentially of college basketball that people just aren't going to really care about, you know, next weekend is pretty much completely off the table for the casual fan and watching uh, college basketball. But for those people who prefer college sports in general, then yeah, you know that you see what, should we put a number on this? 20% more people now care about college basketball than they did a week ago. Something like that. Well, it's helpful because the Monday through Friday here when there's no football and now there's no college football. also to anticipate you got these great games. I was listening to the herd and I know you hate Colin Coward. Coward's my guy. I love Coward. But towards the end of his program, he basically said, are there any sports on tonight? Yeah, guy, there's a pretty sweet slate. And there's a lot of rivalry games in the world of college hoops. I think we got we got what Virginia, Virginia Tech. We got Auburn, Bama. We got uh, someone else that I'm I'm blanking on right now. There's another rival. Uh, I mean, it's not a rivalry game, but Iowa State Kansas is a top 15 matchup. A lot of good theater going on, and it's kicked off beautifully here with USC suffering their first loss officially here. Yeah, I, I let me say that since we're still in the year of accountability in a lifestyle, maybe it's a lifestyle of accountability now that we're on year number two of it. Is even though I say I hate Colin Cowherd, I do still watch the program like every day so it's kind of like a love to hate type of situation um yeah I, a, a huge way to start off this week though with usc losing the second to last undefeated team in the country not good for our arizona wildcats in my opinion because you would have liked to have been that team a week ago to have done that 
Um, but it kind of goes to show, um, you know, what we're probably going to see here over the next couple of weeks now that all of the teams are back playing again. Since we had kind of like a two or three week hiatus of big games being played, I, I would imagine we're going to see a big shakeup in the top 10 to 15. And we've already started to see that uh, this last weekend, but I think we'll see a lot more of that over the next two weeks here uh, now that everybody's back playing again. Yeah, we'll dive into some of the top 10 teams that lost last week at USC now tonight. Uh, Shark, I want to get your thoughts on this, though, because this is something that was sort of percolating on my mind. And you're the SEC guy, and it feels like this is the conference that there's the biggest glaring examples, I suppose. In light of Georgia winning the national title, I'm thinking to myself, I I, I kind of love when a team wins a national title. You see all of the surrounding Twitter accounts like the Georgia basketball team tweeting out, Tom Crean tweeting out, the Atlanta Braves tweeted something. Obviously, they're the, the World Series champions. Do college football coaches in the SEC care about their coaching, their college basketball coach counterparts, if that makes sense? Like, do you think there's do you think there's interactions between Kirby Smart and Tom Crean? Are there interactions between uh uh Lane Kiffin and 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 Kermit Davis. I mean, are we seeing that anywhere? I'm just curious to know the dynamic. I mean, if you do see it as extreme, it, it's used as a a uh, hype vehicle, if anything. So I mean, it, it's used by the basketball team in order to generate more interest than anything else. So, for example, you look at Brian Kelly when he goes to the LSU game when he did the family thing. Um, you know that that is you see that played over and over again with with football coaches that are brought to a basketball game to hype up the crowd. And that's kind of the peak of the game because football is always going to be bigger than basketball in the SEC. Uh, I think if you were to really poll, um, I mean, it is not even close. It's it's really what the answer is. You know, Rick Barnes has been, I'll, I'll take their example. He's been the coach of Tennessee for like six years at this point. And people probably love Josh Heupel more than him, even though Josh Heupel is a bag of milk and been there for one year. Um, so I, it's just never really going to compare. Um, but I'm trying to think of the most really in Kentucky is the only exception just because Calipari is such a legend, uh, but really every other program. That's why I'm kind of pausing as I think I'm trying to rack and think if there is another coach that could even come close to the football, maybe Quanzo over Eli Drinkwitz over there. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I mean, you're not really competing much when we are competing with Eli Drinkwitz and Quanzo hasn't really ever done anything to earn much anyways, even though they did, I got to give him credit because I did go after him. He went in there and he beat Alabama, right? Who? Oh, Quanzo. in basketball? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, it's interesting that you said that about the balls though. I was going to say one of the closer relationships I feel like would have been Hypel and, and, and Rick Barnes. I, I think I'm, it's, it's not necessarily a competition as to who's more popular i'm just i'm wondering if like nick saban is talking to nate oates at all i mean yeah. even just exchange i mean there's nothing there's nothing nate oates can offer nick saban in exactly. terms of, yeah, of so how to win games but i i would totally agree with that i mean if, if that encounter is happening it's happening for nate oates to elevate his team and the interest in his team i mean these guys freaking Alabama, they roll out of bed and end up with an elite eight appearance. I mean, that people in the SEC have been chasing that forever. And for them just to get it last year with so quickly, they're such a blessed. Um, I'm not meaning that in the South way, just like a just fortunate way, but like they, they're just so fortunate to have the amount of success that they had. Uh, I, I would be shocked if there was ever a scenario where you're putting the excitement for a, Nick Saban at an Alabama basketball game would blow the excitement out of the water for Nate Oates at an Alabama football game. Can you imagine the size of the eye roll that Nick Saban must have every time his assistant like lays out his schedule for the week? I mean, like, okay, on Thursday we have an alumni dinner with Nate Oates, and he's like, "Who? Oh, the basketball guy." Yeah, you know, I'm, the, the eye roll that he must get when he ha- or that he must have when he has to go to all these functions just to like. You know, help. I don't know if he does. I, I, who says he, he does go to these functions? Well, whatever. He's. I'm sure. Or when they hire a new basketball coach, hey, we got to get you into meet Nate, and he's like, I don't give a fuck about Nate. You know, like I gotta, I gotta go to some bumfuck town in the south to go recruit a guy. Like I don't care about this. Now, if you're like at another school in the Pac-12, I think, for example, in a lot of situations, the coaches kind of have to work together 
to drive up the fan base as a general sense. You know, you look at schools like let's take UCLA, I think is a good example, or USC, the LA schools where they don't really have that grade of attendance for uh, their sports, um, basketball specifically. So I, I think they, they have to kind of work more in tandem in conferences like the like the Pac-12. Uh, but the SEC, no, it, I, I can't imagine that unless they have to be together. I can't imagine that like Nate Oates and Nick Saban are like, hey, let's go down to Dirtbags and have a beer after work today. I don't I don't think that's going on. I, I do want to correct one point. I, I think there is one other coach within the SEC that would have the more excitement on the basketball side of it than the football side of it, and that's in Auburn with Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl. Yeah. Pearl is – all I know is the football coach of Auburn was at Boise State beforehand. Is that I, Harson? I, yeah, Harson. So I, I don't know much about it, but I know Bruce Pearl would blow that guy out of the water in terms of excitement. Yeah, far more charismatic. I think the funniest and successful nasty. too. I mean, oh yeah. Pearl, I, mean, th- I mean, they're they they're nasty. I mean, we got the we're recording the show at seven twenty right now Eastern, but they're playing Alabama tonight in what is going to be an awesome game. By the way, SEC best conference in basketball. They're I t- sneaky I good. They're, they're, they're really yeah. good. It's they're, not sneaky anymore. I'm well, not saying it right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Vanderbilt's I mean, they, not even that terrible either. Vanderbilt's shown some signs. The only one that's really just awful is uh, um, ACC. No, I'm, I'm thinking the SEC team that I was just going to. Georgia. Georgia sucks. Yeah. Tom Green's terrible. Well, that's that's kind of what it, led me. But like to Buzz this. Williams is good now. Like Buzz has got a little team down there, and ain't it? Yeah. So I mean, well, I'll tell you what. If you think about, I mean, that's really what what drove me and inspired me to ask this question because you have the national title winners in Georgia. You got these fans traveling up sixty five to Indianapolis. I guess when they were leaving, Pat Forty said he saw a shitload of of Georgia license plates leaving. They took over Indianapolis, and obviously, we know about Georgia's pedigree when it comes to football and how they've been thirsting for that national title, and that's finally been quenched. And you got Georgia basketball over here that's just dormant despite having one of the most electric players in the NBA right now, the number one overall pick in Anthony Edwards, right? So, and, and Tom Crean just seems like an incredibly weird guy. Kirby Smart seems like a man of the people. He's very charismatic. He's fun. He's energetic. So that's kind of what led me to this, to, to, to ask that question. I'm glad you did bring up Pearl. I do think one of the funniest interactions, I suppose, maybe the weirdest interactions, or maybe it's, I, I don't know how I would describe it, but I would love to see in Starkville, Ben Howland and uh, Mike Leach get together for a beer or get together for a dinner because one is a complete weirdo in Mike Leach. The other one seems like a curmudgeon in Ben Howland, both successful at points in their career, especially Mike Leach at Texas Tech, Howland at UCLA. That just seems like, I mean, they, they're the ones that seem like they wouldn't want to do anything. Like, let me just focus on my team. Yeah, I can't imagine Mike Leach at any of his stops has put really any effort into doing anything other than what he was told to do and nothing else other other than that in terms of like what he has to do with the, the athletic department and uh, getting to know the people around him. I would imagine he's too busy reading pirate novels or books, I guess. But I, I don't think Ben Howland would be that good of fun of a person to get along with anyway. I don't think there's like a lot of like desire to get together, even even if Mike Leach was a normal person. I don't think I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd love to go hang out with wet blanket Ben Howland or seemingly wet blanket when Ben Howland. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't seem like a good time. Speaking of coaches, though, Shark, this is your time. I know on the program last year and you've voiced this opinion very vociferously. This is your time. If we transition a little bit back to the NFL coaching carousel time rumors. The carousel's upon us. Unfortunately, I, I filled all my personal vacancies, but it, it is exciting to be able to observe other people go through this process. Um, I, not, I, it, it's better once you get closer to the NFL draft because then everything kind of is more coming together a little bit. But NFL vacancies for sure. I mean, there's people going to be uh, transferring all over the place. But yeah, I, I'm a big fan of mock drafts, coaching vacancies, really anything off-season related that doesn't have to do with the performance of my teams. Well, so how about this then? What are we leaning towards name wise? Yeah. I mean, everyone says it's going to be commanders. Um, Some people are saying admirals. I'd be pissed off if it's admirals. Why? Just like it's too, it's like too Navy, Navy hit involved. You know, and you guys don't know this, but I mean, that's just the name. You only got admiral, actually the coast guard too, but even commanders, that's only a rank in the Navy and, and the coast. 
mean, where's the love for the Marine Corps? I, I mean, I think that, we, that I think we, we do know this too. It's not like it's like secret information. There's no way. There's no way you, the average person knows what rank of an officer is for which branch, or enlisted rank, whatever it is. There's no chance. Should we put a poll out? I mean, there's just no chance. There's no chance to know. Soup. What branch is a lance corporal? Hmm. I'm gonna go army. Wrong, Marine Corps. So you're all for one, right there. I mean, it's just not gonna. Wait. Well, right, okay, but an admiral is like the P. It's more, much more towards the yeah. top in the land for the navy. For oh, the right. navy, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So like an admiral in the navy is, is to the navy what a general. So what is are to you? The what are you leaning toward? Like, what do you want? If you red were, hogs, you red hogs. Guy. I want the red hogs. That's what I want. Um, I. I think that's close enough to the history of the team. You can keep the colors. I think it's a badass name, but at the same time, I would they could be called the you know pieces of shit. And as long as they won games, I don't care. Well, you got that long snapper cheese man. I, I put my vote in for Washington Cheese Men. Uh, love that last name, uh, guy out of Michigan, right? Thank you for 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 teaching me that. All right, let's go ahead and pivot to actual college basketball now. I think we got to start first and foremost with an apology to Colorado State. The kiss of titch, it hit, okay? Last week, we discussed how awesome Colorado State was, and we were hyping up their game in the Viejas Center against San Diego State, primetime, CBS, and they just got their doors blown off. They lost by 30. Uh, not, not a good game at all for Colorado State, and it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back from this. Viejas Center, obviously one of the most difficult places and venues to play in college basketball. I was on the road traveling back into my comfy home, which I'm very happy to be at. I didn't see the game. Did either of you guys catch that game? What went wrong for Colorado state or was it strictly because we uh, put a hex on them? Uh, I was able to catch a little bit of it, but uh, what went wrong was pretty simple. in the fact that uh, everything that they usually do well, uh, they did not do well. Uh, I think it kind of can be summed up pretty simply there. They didn't score for like the last six minutes of the game or something nuts like that um they only shot like 15 percent from three i think they shot 20 something percent from the field uh as a whole so um you know that's the thing we talked about the most with them is they're so efficient offensively uh so says uh shark palm uh they're extremely uh, efficient but uh, they were the opposite of that last last weekend and i mean san diego state's not like you know they're obviously not a bad program by any means. They're a good basketball squad. Like you said, they're one of the toughest places to play in the country. So it, went, it wasn't all that surprising that they lost, but it, it was a little surprising that they got just smoked like that though. Yeah. I, when I was looking at the score, I, I was kind of appalled because I thought this was going to be a st- I mean, We had mentioned that it was a litmus test for them. Shark, did you see anything that popped out to you? Was it more San Diego state winning that game or was it just terrible play from the Rams? I think it's the the time off that they had, you know, the fact that they didn't play on the previous Friday. I, I think they're a better team than San Diego State, I'll be honest with you. But, um, yeah, that's that's kind of a difficult situation to go into. I I don't appreciate the dig at Shark Palm right there. Uh, Shark Palm's actually been doing pretty terrific of late. I gave out North Carolina. I got people coming at me on Twitter about my North Carolina opinion. North Carolina's about to start rolling. That's a good Then they lose to Notre Dame like the day after – you said they were good. Well, that's another team that's going to get rolling right now. What nice okay. little teaser for police, sir. Can I have some more? I love Notre Dame. So, I, I mean, it's just Shark Palm's kind of playing well. Like, I was in the Burlington Mall going through Lululemon, got people coming up to me. Shark, what do you think about this? I'm giving out some picks left and right. It's starting to grow. Yeah, you sound like the crier when people when people see him in the dark. That's an insult. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I, you know, speaking of Lululemon, I would think you'd be more of like a gym shark guy. I don't know what that is. Come on, man. No, I don't know I these brands either. Watch one. What do you not have Instagram? Like you don't. You don't. Get I don't. Have, he doesn't have it. Oh, okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, this is this is what the shark does. The shark goes on his wife's Instagram to comment when he feels compelled to do so. You're right. That's you my bad. You that's my bad. You can't prove that. That's you cannot bad. prove that. That's true. There's no tie to me whatsoever on that. Well. In a, in a court of law, I think what I would do is just compare texts from you to your comments, and they are incredibly similar. So that's that's how I would prove. Is that a good way of proving it? I may not know army branches, but I mean military branches. Excuse me, but do I know a little bit about the law? 
I mean, what you're you're bringing up an idea about like a handwriting expert, right? You want to compare what this handwriting looks like, and you want to have an expert come in and compare. Except you're doing it for tweets and Instagram comments instead. So it's maybe there's a there's a space out there for an expert in that field, and you could cut you know burrow your way into it. My pivot like, careers. Do we need to put uh, uh, make sure Shark puts all of his tweets into like Turnitin.com or whatever that was back in the day uh, to make sure he's not plagiarizing something else? Do we have? Does Titch have an Instagram account? Titch does not have an Instagram account. That's just that's so many mediums for me to handle, man. I got are, I got. Twitter. Are we good? Would we be good to have in the Instagram? Like everyone probably. Instagram now, right? Probably. I'm trying to get us on YouTube, but you refuse to show your face. I'm trying to get us like live, sh- like video. Video is the way to go, but we can't show your face. I'm show your face. Show your face. We want to see you your know. Face. You know, we could have a uh, we could have an Instagram account if uh, you or I Shark like literally did anything and put any effort into the social media side. Well, Soup kicked me off the Twitter. I couldn't get on the Twitter anymore. So I would I would work the Instagram side of it. Maybe I'll get an Instagram under the Shark. I'll think there we go. It. Now this is how you put pressure. But yeah, we want to apologize to Colorado State. They got smoked in San Diego. Uh, we'll see how they bounce back if they bounce back. Uh, let's focus on some of the top 10 teams that went down last week, though. So Purdue loses to Wisconsin at home at Mackey. Kansas lost to Texas Tech. And Duke on Saturday, probably the biggest shocker, loses to Miami. Shark, I'm going to start with you. And we'll we'll break down all three of these games. We'll get some opinions on all three of these games. Was there a more troubling loss or was there a most troubling loss out of these three? Was there anything... Uh, for Purdue, Kansas, Duke, that made you sort of pause a little bit? Because I know Kansas is your national title winner. Duke's obviously been amazing. They have some great wins under their belt. Purdue struggling a little bit. Was there anyone out of these three that sort of raised a red flag to you? Very shocked that Kansas lost that game. I mean, they Shannon was out. McCuller was out. I don't know. To this day, I'll never know how Texas Tech won. I know Abaji had like four fouls and 12 minutes left, and Abaji's awesome. Uh, but yikes, uh, that, that was pretty surprising to me. And they just play such incredible defense. I don't know how that tax tax guy does it. I mean, he, he, I don't know how he gets these people to play so hard. Maybe it's not all Chris Beard. Maybe everyone who was, you know, so obsessed with Chris Beard over the past few years needs to get over himself um, because that was, I don't They just constantly are deflecting balls. They're constantly in um, driving lanes. They're constantly being able to switch, constantly contesting threes. That was an impressive win for Texas Tech. I can't figure them out. I'll never going to be able to figure this out. I did tweet that I'd be better off teaching you calculus and Mandarin than I could give you anything about Texas Tech. But I, I, I'm going to kind of chalk that up to Kansas as no one would have won that game. They're um, going to be – I was just going to say, Texas Tech is going to be one of those teams come tournament time where it's like pre-McClung years where you're like, okay, this team's dangerous. I don't know if they can get to a Final Four because I don't know if they're as talented or as deep with a Jarrett Culver or Davide Moretti, but they can get to a second weekend and it shouldn't surprise a ton of people. I'll tell you why Kansas lost. It's because Shark started tweeting out his betting record like for the third week in a row before the week well, was I mean, over someone, and then lost the game again for like the third week in a row. This is someone's got to do it though. I mean, someone's got to do it. I mean, maybe that maybe our point guard over there that I try to butter him up and every time I can, but he's just not tweeting out the picks and these people like the picks, you know? So it's like, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. Oh yeah. You're driving across the country as if you're, you know, I, you're acting like that is such a f- feat of exhaustion. Like you're sitting, you're sitting, you can tweet out the picks. Well, I got a dog on my lap, full bladder pushing down. I don't think you understand. Were what you I driving was really the whole going. time? Did you take no, shifts? No. Yeah. Shifts, so of course. Seventy yeah. thirty. Uh, that's how, that's how I operate. Seventy thirty. Yeah. <laughs> you had you had another point you wanted to make about uh, Texas Tech though before I cut you off. I, I don't even know what it is. I can't figure it out. I got nothing. Oh, did Taylor? Um, I I don't know. Maybe I do, but I will say uh, that the impressive part to me about that Texas Tech game is. Um, they essentially held the lead for like 75% of the game. So it wasn't like they just stole it from Kansas or anything like that at the end. Like they pretty, they took the lead and they, they never, I I don't think they stretched the lead uh, into double digits too many times, but they pretty much took the lead and never gave it up. And I thought that was pretty impressive because a lot of times when you see a, a, you know, a lower ranked team beat a top level team like that, they kind of steal it. That was, they didn't steal that game. They, they straight up won that game kind of, controlled it i guess for lack of a better term and and held the lead for the the vast majority of that game 
Well, and Taylor, what do we always say? And it's a bit obsolete now because we've been saying it for the past like 10 years. And I think it's been obsolete for about two years now. But what do we always say with Big 12 teams when they play against Kansas and they have big leads? They always pee down their legs. I don't know why this one game, Virginia, West Virginia in Lawrence, they were up like 12 with two minutes to go. And they somehow ended up losing that game. And this was during that run of dominance of regular season titles, Big 12 titles for Kansas. And it's now refreshing. And now we're seeing more and more that teams are holding on to leads against Kansas. That's not to dismiss the Jayhawks. Like, I do believe they're a national title contender for sure. But we didn't see that with this Texas Tech team like you had mentioned. And it's 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 something that we had become accustomed to, uh, say, for about two years ago. Well, I think that that whole uh, the lifespan of what you're talking about there might be over now that Kansas didn't win the Big 12, because that's the more specific example is is like late games in February when Kansas would be like two games back or a game and a half back of first place. And we'd all be like, oh, yeah, this might be the year. And then Texas Tech or, yeah, one of those teams would blow like a 20 point lead against Kansas and then they'd, they'd win and somehow Kansas was still in the league every year. They were just everybody would be a huge pussy in the last two weeks of the year uh, when playing Kansas and kind of almost just handing them the Big 12 at times. Now that they have a lot of competition in, you know, you know, Texas Tech, not as much this year, but in these uh, last couple of years going to a final four. Baylor, obviously, number one team in the country, hasn't lost and damn near two years now that yeah i mean that that's actually hold on let's talk about that that is so true i hadn't really taken a step back and thought it is such an underrated thing and this maybe goes back to our first uh discussion there first topic about people not fully paying attention to college basketball yet baylor's lost like once or twice in three years or some shit like that like i mean the run that they're on right now is actually legit nuts and it's blows like the dukes and the kansases and the North Carolina is all that out of the water. Even Gonzaga, it, it, they're blowing them out of the water in terms of record. And Gonzaga plays the Sisters of the Poor every week. So it's it's pretty crazy and super underrated and kind of underreported, I think, right now that Baylor just straight up has lost like two or three games in a, in a three-year span. Yeah, I think it's a result of COVID, unfortunately. But you're right. And because I, I hadn't really thought about that, taking a step back and been like, holy shit, the year that the tournament got got canceled obviously you don't know what's going to happen in the tournament but they were going to be a one seed and then they obviously have this incredible run that they're on right now and under their belt is a national title at the expense of another team that goes on those winning streaks because they do play poor competition but they've dispatched gonzaga in doing so and right now they're up 12 on texas tech at home so they are uh, indeed a a buzzsaw you you asked me initially who i was most disappointed with out of those three losses and it would be duke just because Miami, Miami's been playing great lately. Um, I mean, I think they're they're undefeated in the ACC. They can score a lot, but I mean, Duke at home, you got you got to win that game. But Miami, if you haven't watched them, they they light up the scoreboard. Charlie Moore outdoors, who was on, uh, not the guy that on Nesson, but the guy that was on DePaul last year. Two of you saw him in person. He's now in Miami. They got McGrusty, who was previously on Oklahoma. He was a transfer in, been playing college basketball for about seven years. So another McGusty. one of those guys. McGusty. Yeah. Uh, All right. And then Isaiah Wong. So they have a lot of talent. And then they got Larinaga. I honestly thought they had a new coach, but Larinaga is still there, 72 years old. I got into this argument with my Tennessee buddies about, like, how long college coaches can go. Because you look around and you see Roy Williams, Coach K, they're kind of early 70s. That's when they retire. And Rick Barnes, you know, we're, we're Tennessee fans. He's 67. So I'm thinking. Bayheim. Bayheim's going to keep going for as long. He, he's, he's around Larinaga age. But once you get to those early 70s, it's over. I mean, like no one keeps going after that for a while. So you got to think about that. This could be the end for Larinaga. This could be the swan song season. And, you know, they got off to a great start. But Duke definitely should have won that game. What was uh, – didn't Coach K get in another argument with a player? At the that, was, that was with Georgia Tech. Uh, Michael oh, that's DeVoe. right. Excuse me. My I, bad. My that bad. was with Michael DeVoe. It's, I mean, it's telling, though, that we're confusing the teams because it's happened so many times before. So I want to say one more thing about Baylor here real quick because I just looked it up. In the last – seven games of the 2018-2019 season Baylor lost five times and they've only lost six times since that so that's a pretty I know we through COVID like all you know all that type of stuff still very impressive and I completely forgot that they lost five games in a row uh, you know at the end of that season essentially but yeah to have to have essentially bounced back that's the ultimate bounce back I guess right there you lose five games in a row then you only lose like six more times for the 
next three years. That's pretty crazy. It's almost as if Scott Drew just went above and beyond exercising those demons, those tournament demons always being doubted as, and again, I mean, it's very topical. We see it with Kirby smart. He's done everything except beat Nick Saban. A lot of people would say, well, Hey, Scott Drew did everything except get to a final four. Uh, It's the greatest turnaround you could argue in sports. What he took over from Dave bliss and that whole fiasco in, in Waco, you could very much argue that's the greatest turnaround in sports because no one wanted to go to play for Baylor and that dark cloud hanging over the program. And now look what he's done, obviously, over the course of, of his tenure and obviously the past two years, like you had mentioned. Maybe it's just a Waco thing, considering maybe the second best turnaround in sports is literally 100 feet across the office space there to Baylor football, who won like what, one game? or whatever and then they won the which bowl did they win this year peach bowl sugar bowl whatever the fuck it was sugar. yeah i mean t- but maybe it's a wake up yeah game. but i mean like they had a good season but corral got hurt in that game i know, I know we're talking about football now they also had they were good like 10 years ago rg3 was the highest so i think i get I, 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 I understand i'm just saying both teams of the, of the school have you know have Tim, done I, I have to disagree with literally everything you say all right i don't want to do that but i have to do that that's what the barn burner pays me to do. contractually that's obligated to do so yes you get it now good uh let's talk a little purdue wisconsin then wisconsin hottest team in america they have to be right now I mean, obviously yeah baylor's running through teams but wisconsin what about that with- team that's won every game for the past two years that you just did 10 of? yeah but they're boring they're boring man i'm talking about a team I mean, hottest wisconsin's team that was exciting well, okay. Let, can I rephrase? I, I, hottest I team, hottest right team, hottest team that was unranked coming into the season. Okay, is are the Wisconsin Badgers? They go into Purdue, and they defeat them, giving Purdue their second loss in the Big Ten. Uh, is it is it time not to panic in Purdue? But they're not the juggernaut that a lot of people thought that they were. I, I actually think this is more of a result of Wisconsin than it is Purdue. I think Wisconsin is a very, very strong team. They gutted one out in Maryland, that stink line shark that you had mentioned. Maryland was favored by a point, and I think Wisconsin ended up winning by a point. Wisconsin is on an absolute tear right now, and we talked a little bit about the uh, you know the, the, the Demetri Trice thing and those players uh, coming into Greg Gard and saying that they didn't like him it seems to be working with this crop of players. I'd say it's an overreaction from you there, father, no offense, but they only have two losses. One of which was, you know, crazy shit happens in Rutgers. And the other one was against a good team in the big tent that has a whole bunch of senior leadership and one of the best players in the country. So I think you're overreacting a little bit. I know you're a Purdue guy as well. So I'm a little bit, you know, perturbed. I I think what's like helping that or driving that is because they have three losses and they're still top seven. Like I mean, at some point, whether or not they're a top seven team, like don't you have to pay for for those three losses? Get out of the top ten, maybe yeah, ten, only, maybe double digits. I, a couple of weeks ago, you kept um, I, th- I forget what the example was, but you kept saying I have to jump in and correct you because you've said it too many times at this point, and I just have to do it. Purdue only has two losses; they don't have three losses. Just Ruck- just Rutgers and uh, yeah, Wisconsin. Wisconsin? I'm counting that Villanova game as a loss. Here's the deal. Here's the situation. I prefer coffee from Dunkin' Donuts and a bagel from Panera. Everything, please, with cream cheese. So if you can round that up for me and get it to me, you know, by roughly 7:45 tomorrow morning, that would be preferable. Thank you. I can do that. I'll call you Mike from now on. If you're calling Rich Rick, I'll call you Mike. How about that? I, I, I'm, I stand by what I saw on, on Sunday Night Football. They changed coffee, every single time. Coffee bagel from Mike uh, Taylor. Did you have any thoughts from this Purdue loss to Wisconsin? Um, I had, I guess, a little bit of thought about Wisconsin, and that's we're kind of in a muddled middle portion of the season where if you look at Wisconsin as the 13th best team in the country, do we all think that they're the 13th best team in the country? I don't know. I mean, I I don't think that's an unfair ranking. But then you look, but and what I'm getting at, but then you look and you could be like, okay, the 10 teams behind them are all pretty close, and like the five teams in front of them are pretty close. And I think that's kind of where we're at in this college basketball season where we get to at every point in college basketball season where you get all of these close teams together, you know, like Villanova, if, if Villanova and Wisconsin played neutral site today, I'm taking Villanova the every, every time. And Villanova's ranked five spots behind Wisconsin. So not to take anything away from them beating Purdue, which is obviously an impressive win. They did almost blow it. Like you mentioned a 20, I think it was a 20 or 21 point lead. Um, 
against Maryland, not a good Maryland team either. So um, I, I guess I guess I'm still trying to figure out. Shark kind of said it in in a way. I, I'm trying to figure out Wisconsin a little bit still because it's not like they are strikingly like good at anything offensively at times. Um, you know, obviously. Brad Davison is still there, but he's not exactly known for being anything other than a guy who takes 14 charges a game. Um, he's better than that. I get that, but I guess I'm still trying to figure out Wisconsin and how I feel like, are they, uh, are they on just a hot streak right now? Or is this something that can sustain like all the way through the whole season? I think for me, I haven't figured that out yet. Will be very interesting to see again, how Wisconsin moves forward and how Purdue moves forward. All right. So Purdue, Kansas, Duke all lose. And we said earlier tonight or last night, when you're listening to this USC lost. So it's getting to that time conference play where anyone can get picked off. And I would, I would say this to all fans that uh, of teams that only have one or two losses, maybe undefeated, obviously Baylor. Uh, don't fret. Don't fret too much if your team loses on the road in conference. Uh, season's not over. So a lot of fun and, and excitement to come. I want to go and give you guys a little nugget here before we get to your bets. Here's a nugget for you. Today's AP poll, and it has to do with Baylor. Number one, of course, is Baylor, defending champ. Number two is Gonzaga. They're the runner-up. It's the first time the top two spots in the AP poll mirror the results of the previous season's national title game. Since February 5th, 2007, when the top two were, can you guys guess? North Carolina. No. Kansas, UCLA. Got half right. Florida, UCLA. Uh, duh, yeah, duh, yeah, of course. Yeah. When, was their last, when was Florida's last title? I thought that would have been. So that's what I'm getting to. Nice segue. Okay. All right. nice yeah. segue, father. Uh, Florida at number one to UCLA, Florida repeated. Okay. So Florida ended up repeating the time it happened before that was March 16th, 1992. When number one was Duke and number two was Kansas Duke repeated the time before that December 11th, 1972, number one was UCLA. Number two was Florida state UCLA repeated. And the time before that February 24th, 1969, number one, UCLA, number two, North Carolina, UCLA repeated. So what am I trying to say here is we've zapped all of the anticipation out of the season. Give Baylor the title. Uh, if the trend holds, Baylor's going to repeat. Pretty crazy nugget that I stumbled across. Well, what if what if last year was actually the repeat year for Baylor because there wasn't a tournament the year before? Glitch in the Matrix. Uh, that would have been Seton Hall or Oregon. We all know that. <laughs> uh, but no, that is that is a wonderful nugget. Thank you for that nugget. I'm not trying to buy time, but thank you for that nugget. Anyways, I, I actually think that's a pretty incredible stat. I had thought Florida went 05, 06, but you're right. They were 06, 07. But I, I think one of the larger takeaways we can have at this stage in the season, January 12th, um, last year at this point, everyone was talking about the two-horse race, right? They're just saying there's really only two – Gonzaga versus the field was initially the thought, and then Baylor started, you had to pay attention to them because they kept winning games. This year, I think there could be like eight teams that can win it all. I don't think there's anyone running away with this thing. So you got into that little uh, monologue about the rankings to an extent. I think rankings only matter for two types of fan bases. The people that are not in that are trying to get ranked, so Providence for the past 10 years that they've been trying to do, those people care about it, and then where they end up, I totally understand it. All right, because you want to get ranked. You want to get the national notoriety of being a team within the top 25. The other people that it matters for are the ones that are pursuing number one, the number one ranking. You know, that matters. If, you, if you're a program that has never had that before, you know, it's super cool to have that number one next to the ESPN logo when you're playing on a random night. You're probably going to lose because that happens for teams that are not there for a long period of time. But that's a cool place to be. And then there's the people that drop out of the ranking. So that's a third category that care about it. Everyone else in the muck, you know, from the Arizonas, to the Tennessees, to the Michigan States. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck about the muck? I do. <laughs> nice run. I do have to sometimes catch myself. Like Seth, Seth Davis took it a little too far. But sometimes I do have to catch myself with getting in the weeds of ranking Twitter. 
and and just the rankings in general because you're right like none of it really matters if you look at ucla last year they ended up going to the final four we see so many cinderellas going to the sweet 16 elite eight it it, it really doesn't matter and we spend so much time on on rankings and seedings things of that nature uh at the end of the day just let it let it play out it's it's probably best for your heart and your health Uh, and that's what i'm about 2022 heart and health well i i do like the rankings and obviously i talk about the rankings probably more than maybe both of you combined on this program, I would say, but I like it as, because I think there's, I I think I pay attention to perception of the nation as it relates to a program, probably too much. Um, When, as we say, you know, it really doesn't matter. It's not like you, if you were ranked fourth in January, that gives you an advantage in the tournament. It doesn't because the selection committee doesn't even look at rankings really i just like when your team is getting more hype when you're playing a ranked opponent on a saturday morning right so for me i care about that even though you're you're right it doesn't matter but i like to just say hey because i know i'll get more texts from buddies if uh if it's a number six arizona versus a number 12 usc than if it was an unranked arizona and an unranked usc playing oh yeah hey i caught the game this weekend i won't get that uh, if either team is unranked. So I like that portion of it, but I know in the reality as it, as it relates to winning any games, I know that that doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and get to your bets now, gentlemen. And last week I promised that I would calculate the results right now, as it stands uh, shark, you were sitting at five and six. We've made 12 picks. So one of those picks had to be a wash Washington to cover Arizona. They got washed away because of COVID so you're five and six, Father. Yes, I, I'm happy to go through the ledger. Send send me the file you got because that doesn't sound right. I feel like I'm going two and one every single week. Here's who, who you missed: Purdue to cover Iowa, uh, Indiana to cover Wisconsin, Alabama to cover Houston, UConn to cover Providence, Xavier to cover Marquette, Kansas to cover Texas Tech. Once you've hit Ole Miss to cover Memphis, West Virginia to cover UConn, Zags te- uh, to cover Texas Tech, Wisconsin to cover Iowa. Xavier to cover Butler. You're five and six, Father. You I'm, gonna have my, I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna have my people review that on my end, just to verify that right. that doesn't sound right. Taylor, you're seven and five. Uh, so the, yeah, I, I told you before we hit record, you were gonna be a bit surprised. Uh, so Shark, I will let you kick it off here. And please, sir, I want some more. Please, sir, I want some more. What? What? Some more. Three picks all Wednesday night. Um, we're going to start in the SEC. I'm taking Florida at home against LSU. Florida is getting a point and a half, so plus 1.5. So you can punch that into your fraudulent numbers over there. I like Florida. They got senior guards. Uh, LSU, they beat Tennessee, uh, but they almost choked it away on Saturday. Uh, Xavier Pinson is injured, who's one of their key guards on their team, and I don't expect him to play. LSU, all they can do is dunk. They're good at dunk. Dunking. Uh, and Florida's always got athletes. Castleton's a good player. Florida has to, has to, has to have this game or else they're going to be at the cellar of the SEC, which is a dangerous league already. So I'm all in on Florida. Then I'm going up to South Bend. I'm taking Notre Dame against Clemson, minus 1.5. So that's pronounced 1.5, commonly referred to one and a half. Put the minus symbol in front of it. Again, I'm going to check your numbers. Notre Dame's playing Clemson. I saw Notre Dame live in Chestnut Hill. They were terrible. But I saw potential in it. Dane Goodwin, good shooter. Douchiest name in the world. They got a guy named Cormac Ryan. You know, could have been a character on The Great Gatsby right there, but also a shooter. And then they have Prentice Hub, who's a bucket getter. So I like Notre Dame. I like Mike Bray to get this team rolling. They are at the top half of that ACC. So once they start stacking some wins, like Clemson at home on a Wednesday night, I think that's going to be something favorable favorable for them. Dane, Prent- Dane, Dane Prentice and Cormac. Yeah. That's a Notre Dame. Well, they got a starting five, right and they there. got they got another a stretch forward, Lazuski or whatever his name is. Um, so another good guy to have there. I like Notre Dame. Kind of, I just like the way they play too. They just couldn't hit a shot against BC. Um, final team, disgusted to say it. I'm not even going to provide any analysis, but sometimes you just got to see how things are unfolding, and you got to look at the talent on the court, and you got to take Memphis on an even game against Central Florida. You just have to take. It. I mean, you have to. I'm disgusted by it, but I'll take. It. Why don't you give us a recap then here quick, Father, because you don't—you clearly don't trust me. So why don't you give the theater goers a recap just to make sure they have it uh, as well? 
Yeah, I don't know if you're going to end up uh, tweeting this. I know you've got a long time sitting in one stationary spot if you're driving around. Uh, but, no, the picks are Florida plus one and a half, Notre Dame minus one and a half, Memphis even. But thanks. Taylor, we got? All right. I'm going to hopefully not curse this team two weeks in a row. I'm going to go right back to Colorado State on a bounce-back game against Utah State. Colorado State's at home, favored by four. I'm going to still hold – you know, with them here, I still think they're a very good offensive team. And I think they should bounce back uh, by four over Utah State. I'm going to then go uh, and go on the road to Temple, getting three plus three uh, against Tulsa. Tulsa is six and seven this year. Um, Temple uh, has a winning record. And I just feel that they're, you know, no other analysis to that other than I just straight up think that they're a better basketball team. Uh, and then I'm going to go to Arkansas, Arkansas to smoke Missouri by 14 or more. Hopefully Arkansas started off the year five and oh, they've gone five or five and five cents. So they're kind of in a, in a, a mediocre stage of the season right now, but I think they're going to rebound and uh, beat the shit out of Missouri. So that's, Arkansas minus 14. It's Temple plus three. It's Colorado State minus four. A lot of faith in the muscle milk. It's year three in Arkansas. This is where kind of the, the tires fall off just a little bit. So that's a lot of faith in muscleman. Uh, good picks, gentlemen. Thank you very much. All right. Let's go ahead and finish up with a segment that we haven't done in quite some time. It is the return of Where Am I? Where am I? Where am I? And this week, it's Stephen Van Trees. Does that name ring a bell to either of you guys? Stephen Van Trees. Okay. So if we hearken back to the start of the program, I had told you my process of finding some obscure players. And I went to the 2012 Final Four, and that's where I dug up Amadeo de la Valle for Ohio State. Another participant in that Final Four was Louisville, and Stephen Van Trees was on that Louisville team. He was uh on the on the squad from 2009 through 2014 and the six foot 11 van trees is still living in louisville and is of course taylor as you can imagine he's a realtor uh van trees had career averages of 2.9 points five rebounds and shot 63.8 percent uh, from the field for the cardinals and he was a crucial component of that final four team in 2012 and the national title team that won the year after so right now yeah, he is a realtor uh, in Louisville. He works for Seminine Realtors. Taylor, I don't know if you got a guy there, you got a bowl, if you got a, a connect there, but Stephen Van Trees played basketball overseas for three years in Japan first and then decided to retire and get into the real estate business. Let me ask you this, Taylor, as, a, as someone who's tall, you're not 6'11", is there an advantage or disadvantage uh, to height as a realtor? Um, yeah, if you want to look over... Uh, the block wall or fence in your yard to see what the neighbor's houses are looking like. I think that's a distinct advantage over like a five foot uh, four realtor, let's just say, because uh, then you can really get a feel for what the, what the neighbors are doing. Are they keeping up with their pool? What's the yard maintenance looking like? Um, can we turn the ceiling fans on? Yeah, you might be right. I've never thought about it before, but we, I might be on there. You might be onto something here. So there is, let me make one more comment about a realtor here though. And that is there's no better title in the world job title in the world. I think than uh, for people who don't actually do anything than realtor, because uh, anyone can be a realtor. It doesn't mean you actually sell anything. So I, I all, I often wonder about how many of these uh, former college basketball players that we bring up that I wonder if they actually sell any houses. I don't, I don't know, but they, he does. Can you have look that up somewhere? Can you see? Can you see his numbers? Can you see if he's got the the realtor equivalent of a five and six record like the shark? I could, uh, I could look him up if he was local. Uh, I could, I could. I'll dive into that and get back to you via uh, via Twitter here later in the week. Looking forward to that. You gentlemen have any hugs at all? I was just trying to think of a way to work in on Taylor's talk about realtors there. I want that, my mind was isn't that sharp right now, but I wanted it to be something. Do you want to be a realtor or do you want to appear to be a realtor? Which is what I think he was trying to communicate, which is a play on the department right there. Maybe splice in you want to be a cop or you want to appear to be a cop at this moment right now. Do you want to be a cop or do you want to appear to be a cop? But for hugs, um, I do actually have a hug. I'm going to give my hug to the refs in college basketball. Apparently, 
I haven't fact checked this yet, just as I haven't fact checked the numbers that Sue's crunching over there. But apparently the fouls are down at an all time low this year. Uh, this the source is Seth Davis. So let's all kind of take that for what it's worth. But apparently the fouls are down, which is, I think, what we all want in college basketball. No more ticky tack hand check fouls that are putting people in the bonus with 12 minutes left and controlling the game and controlling the point spread. We don't have to live like that. Get the fouls down remove kind of the I think the NBA has been better with this as well with the uh, manipu- manipulating the the game to benefit shooters and all that so I, I think it's a good trend we got to be able to commend it when we see it we are making headway my next ask would be to somehow speed up the end of games because if if I see a game under two minutes with and both teams have two timeouts each maybe like five cube of timeouts but whatever the case may be time to walk the dog, warm up the car, make a casserole, read a good book. Like it, it takes way too long, especially in college basketball, but yes, the, the amount of fouls or recent fouls, only something that I can give a hug for as well. Taylor, you got any hugs? Yeah. I'm going to just have a quick hug for Rutgers who beat Michigan um, for the first time in program history. Rutgers had never beaten Michigan before. So uh, hug hug to Rutgers for that. Um, as a secondary, maybe a side hug, Iowa State finally won their first conference game in like 700 days or something crazy like that. Because they what did they only have two wins last year? Weren't they like two and 18 or two and 20, something like that? Yeah, the end of the Steve Prom era was not very pretty in, in yep. games. So, uh, one, one, one big hug, one kind of side hug there. I'll tell you what else isn't pretty. Michigan, they stink. Seven and six right now. Shark, you can check me on that record. But yeah, they're they're not very good right now. Uh, I don't think anyone saw how poorly they'd be playing, but alas. And their game with Purdue, as we're recording, this should have been played tonight, uh, got canceled for COVID-related issues. My hug is going to be for Russ Smith, the diminutive one, the small point guard for Louisville. I'm heavy on the level here towards the end of this program. He is getting his his jersey retired, excuse me. Um, So hug for uh, Russ Smith. He deserves it. And this, again, goes to everyone whining, complaining, like saying, oh, no, that season didn't count. NCAA stripped it. Fuck that. The the only reason Russ Smith is getting his jersey retired is because of his epic performance in the Final Four uh, and, and throughout the season for that Cardinals team. So good for you, Russ Smith. I also saw in related news, Josh Hart is getting his jersey retired by Villanova. Good for him. Probably deserves it. My only question is when the hell does Jalen Brunson get his jersey retired? I figured he would be the first guy from that era uh, to get his jersey retired, considering he has two national titles and was the starting point guard integral in that team's success. So hopefully Jalen Brunson his retires well all, all russ smith hug for you guys as always we're feeling much more energetic we're in a good space here euphoria is back so much uh nate jacobs and christian braun and on the flip side fez you know who fez is shark marshall henderson that's that's another comp you want me to stop going to that well i'll go to the fez well and i'll give you marshall henderson euphoria is back those crazy kids gemstones is back shark you want to jump in i got nothing it's just uh aside from the fact that you're just racist against white people when you go out there with your Nate Jacobs comparison for every white guy you ever see. Just I mean, Christian you, Braun. It's just Christian this, Braun. I'm sure at some point you probably said J.P. Makura is, is Nate Jacobs as well. You just take any white guy. Call him Nate Jacobs. Makura wishes, although he does exhibit Nate Jacobs-type behavior in the there sense that, yeah. well, I mean, the, the behavior might align, right? Didn't J.P. Makura, like, drop trow on a bar? That's something Nate Jacobs would do with the emotional strife that he's going through. I haven't seen the show yet. I mean, you told me that I watched the first season, like, five years ago when it first came out, and I thought there was more seasons going, and you told me the other day that this is, this is season too like I've, I've lived in i've lived in uh, by the time i watched the show i will have lived in three different places three different states as well before season one and season two of that show baylor baylor was going through there and a season losing streak when when euphoria <laughs> was finishing up too and now look at us and now look at us we'll catch you next time here on theater and college hoops